Tone Deaf is the journey of a musical theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. The reactions to the musicals are real and mostly unedited. This show is for ages 14 and up, because sometimes you just need to use a swear. Now sit back, relax, and have a laugh. You're listening to Tone Deaf. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. So I figure we'll get this one out of the way today. It's better to just rip the band-aid off and be done with it. I agree. Yep. So we're going to be doing You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Faults, you're a bad boy. <laughs> Which I, I do have to say that um, a couple of times as we prepared for this, I had to remind Warren that this was not the same show as the satirical play Dog Meets God. Which you showed me a scene from years ago, and I laughed, and I thought that's what we were going to be doing. Yeah. And I was only slightly disappointed. This is completely different, but um, I will talk a little bit about that one later on in this episode. Uh, This show is way more cheerful than Dog Meets God. Um, This show is based on the comic Peanuts by Charles Schultz, which you unfortunately have a less than good feeling about with... I have a peanut allergy is what she's trying to say. What? (laughs) I I have an allergy to peanuts. Not the nut, but peanuts. Yeah, just the the comic. Yeah. Because children are horrible, which... uh, I, I always feel bad because I was a huge fan of Peanuts Kay, when I was a kid. Kay loves Peanuts. Loves Peanuts. And then she meets me, who hates Peanuts. Yeah. Hates Peanuts. So, uh, I won't go into it on this episode. Maybe I will. I'll open up that wound later at a different point in time. But not today, because I don't want to, and you can't make me. So No worries. Plus... This, you might actually get a little bit more of a p- appreciation for this. Um, it's possible. Time heals all wounds. Time and, heals uh, all wounds. And it's been a long time, and I just need to be a big boy and uh, suck it up. Or I could go and beat up those people for you. Because there is some rage. While I'm not opposed to you being violent towards people I don't like, mm-hmm. I am opposed to you being arrested and taken away That's from me. That's true. That's true. Don't leave me a single father to our I, dog. I will not. So, I guess what I'll do real quick is kind of give a rundown. So, Peanuts was a comic strip from that ran from 1950 to 2000. Uh, it's one that pretty much everyone has some exposure to because it's everywhere because Charles Schultz was a genius at marketing his comic. (laughs) Um, The show was sort of based around just childhood adventures. It was a vignette type comic strip. Um, It wasn't a uh, serial comic strip. So there wasn't really a status quo to ever return to. Um, so the the show, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, um, being based on Peanuts, it's actually a really minimalist musical. The sets mm. are minimalist. Mm. The cast is small. It's not... So it sounds like you're trying to say a polite way of saying low budget. It, it actually is pretty low budget, and that's why you'll see a lot of groups like doing this show. This is very popular for high schools, for junior highs to do. Uh, it's You don't have very many set pieces traditionally with this show. In fact, most of the time you'll have the doghouse, you'll have some blocks that can be used as different set pieces... You might have other things like a bench, but that's it. A bench? That's it. Oh, you didn't tell me there was a bench in this story. Yes, there's a bench. I am I am vested. <laughs> so, with, with this show, 
It actually started out as a concept album by Clark Genzer in the early 1960s. He had to fight pretty hard to even get the concept album made because the syndicate that owned Peanuts didn't give him permission. He had to record a demo of the songs and just send it to Charles Schultz himself. And (laughs) Charles Schultz liked it and went, yeah, sure, you can do this. So it was basically a passion project for him. Yes. And he had to show, look, I really, really like your thing and I really, really want to do this. Yeah. So it's, it's got that it's got sort of a heart to it because of that. You can tell that he really cares about the show. It didn't turn into an actual musical until 1967. This was at the urging of Arthur Whitelaw, who we're going to actually see a show from. Wait, wait. Whitelaw? Yeah, that's the last name that people have. I've never heard the last... I've seen a lot of different last names. You know this... I've never heard it. Whitelaw sounds like... It could be pronounced Whitlaw, but it's spelled Whitelaw. That, that sounds like the name of some racist lawyer in a horrible I movie about... I don't think he is, though. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, if I, watched, <laughs> if I watched a Spike Lee movie and it had an evil lawyer in it and his name was Whitelaw, I'd be like, that's the villain. <laughs> well, this guy's not a villain, uh, but we will be talking about him later in the episode, and... Those of you who know this show really well or know Peanuts really well, you'll know why we're going to talk about him later. I actually know Peanuts very well. Um, Peanuts are not actually a nut, they're a legume. (laughs) Fun fact. Do you know why this is called Peanuts? Isn't it because Charlie Brown's head? No. Oh. Charlie Brown's head is round. Well, I mean, but like it's bald, like a peanut or something like that. No. Oh, a fun fact with Charlie Brown, he's actually blonde. He's a toehead. So his oh. hair is so blonde that it looks like he's bald. I didn't know that. So why is it called peanuts? So it's called peanuts because of the peanut gallery. You've heard that term before, right? Like, oh, comments from the peanut gallery. I have heard that, but I yeah. don't really know that was, what it is. So like shows like Howdy Doody and stuff that existed in the 50s and 60s, would have the kids off to the side that would cheer and stuff, and that was the peanut gallery. Hmm. And is so it, that's why it's called peanuts. Is it peanuts just because they're children and they're small? Yes, that's they're children. Still... They are kind of the age that would be in Romper Room or Captain Kangaroo or... So now my brain is telling me there was a show that I'd seen at one point where a father had a pet name for their child and they called them Peanut. That's probably because they were small. It probably wasn't referencing Peanut Gallery. No, 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 but, that, but that's probably, I mean, that's what I was thinking is, like, if yeah. you're saying Peanut Gallery and that's where the children yes. would sit, yeah. that makes sense why they called their kid Peanut. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, so, keeping with the uh, theme of our show, that was a tangent. That was uh, indeed a tangent. I will shut but up now and let you get back But it wasn't quite tangent, because it's still related to this show. Well, I guess in a roundabout way. <laughs> so... You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown opened in 1967 off-Broadway, and it ran until February of 1971. Pretty decent run. Yep. During that time, it was performed on the West End in 1968, had a U.S. tour in 1970, and eventually it went on Broadway in 1971, but only lasted 32 performances. Did something tragic happen? No. They just... Did their run. Not all Broadway runs are really long. Some are limited engagements, or they don't sell as many tickets, or all sorts of reasons why a show would have a shorter run. Uh, In 1999, it was revived with two new songs added and a character being replaced because said character was no longer featured much in the comics, so they wanted to keep with the times and sort of update it a little bit. They also... uh, lengthened a few of the songs, added some incidental music. They, uh, so the whole show, all of the lines and all of the scenes are actually based on actual strips from the comic. So they are basically performing this comic live for you. Okay. So that's what, when they updated the show, they went, they have 50 years of material to pull from. So they pulled from 50 years of material and updated it. 
The original cast of the show, of the off-Broadway version, uh, included Gary Burkhoff from MASH. He was Radar. Okay. Uh, he was Charlie Brown. Skip Hinnant was Schroeder. Schroeder's the kid that plays the piano. Okay. Reva Rose was Lucy. I, and I only know Lucy because she's the one who pulls the football away yes. from Charlie Brown. Uh, Bob Balaban. Do you remember him? Moonrise Kingdom. He's the narrator. I like that guy. Yes, he was Linus. So he's Lucy's little brother that carries the blanket. We had Karen Johnson as Patty. Not Peppermint Patty, but Patty. And then Bill Hinnant as Snoopy. I didn't realize that Peppermint Patty and Patty were two different people. Yes, Patty was one of the first characters in Peanuts. She's in the first comic strip, in fact. And she was kind of the other main character for a long time. Uh, I could do a whole podcast just on the history of Peanuts, because this was a <laughs> hyperfixation of mine as a kid. But she was one of the main characters from the 50s and 60s, and she gradually faded out in the 60-year run. In the revival, Patty is replaced by Charlie Brown's little sister, Sally, okay. who had just been born by the time that this show was created. So much to digest. Yes. Like, for, for a show, or for a comic that doesn't have a story, there is a lot of story in the comic, I guess, in the creation of it and such. So this show, as I said, is a series of vignettes. It's broken up by musical numbers. There's no plot because there was no plot to the comic. There might have been a few strips that would run concurrently, but otherwise, no plot. No it was plot. A day, it was a slice-of-life comic. Okay, so it's just a bunch of not-related stories that are just one right after another? Yes, and it's the life of these kids that live in this neighborhood and the dog. So how many comics, I'm using quotations for that, comics are in this musical? Like, I mean, oh, man. So, I mean, like, is it like 30, 40? Like, is it, is it a sung-through musical? No, okay. it is not a sung-through. So it'll be a few little skits, and um, I guess the, the only story really is that you've got Charlie Brown, who's this kid who's supposed to be the everyman, who also kind of has terrible luck. You have his pet dog, Snoopy, his little sister, Sally. You have Lucy and Linus. Linus is Charlie Brown's best friend and also Lucy's little brother. Even though Linus is like five and Charlie Brown's like eight, but they're best friends because age is weird in the Peanuts universe. Because Lucy's supposed to be younger than Charlie Brown, too, but they're always shown in the same class. Uh, Maybe she's advanced, Carly. Or well, knowing knowing this, the characters, probably, because Linus and Lucy are both pretty, uh, pretty advanced kids. They're all pretty advanced kids. But, yeah, there's, there's no plot, though, to speak of for Peanuts. Um, where was I? Oh, the show has simple staging. I'm looking at my script because I needed to make sure. So the show has simple staging. It's a small person, small six person cast. And originally the orchestration was a piano, a bass, and a percussion, er, and a drum set or some other form of percussion. That's it. Really minimalist. Yes. The revival goes more fully orchestrated. The sets are more elaborate. By elaborate, I mean there's more than just blocks on the stage <laughs> and Snoopy's doghouse and a bench. Is uh, there a tree? No. Not in the... Well, it depends, actually, because some people do put a tree. Some people don't. A tree does feature... There is the kite-eating tree. The kite-eating tree. Yes. Charlie Brown often would try to fly his kite, and there was a tree that was the kite-eating tree. 
and it ate his kites. So, like, is the tree alive and he eats... The joke is that it is, but... It's, okay, but it's, it's just it's just from, a tree. It's just a tree, it's just but a tree. it's all from the perspective of these little kids. It's just a tree, and Charlie Brown has crappy luck, and he's bad at flying kites, mm. and he just flies his kite into a tree all the time. Yeah. And, again, like it, it's kind of like with Cats, where Cats was from the perspective of these cats. If you watch this show from the perspective of a group of elementary school kids and a dog, it's a little easier to go oh okay i can see why this Uh, is going on so that's why they don't understand what adults are saying exactly that's why the adults all do the that's why is because they're it's all the perspective of little kids makes a little bit more sense to me now yes so if you look at shows like this in that way then it's easier to digest them this show by the way does have a sequel it's not the the dog meets god no dog meets god is an unofficial parody uh and we will be running into shows that have sequels throughout our journey here uh nonsense is a good example in this case it's more of a spiritual successor sequel than a true sequel but it does kind of bill itself as a sequel so that's why i'm gonna say it the sequel is uh, called Snoopy, the musical, and it was created by the aforementioned Arthur Whitelaw. And it's going to be pretty close to the same sort of staging as You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. It's just more focused on Snoopy rather than on Charlie Brown. And we're going to do that one towards the end of our next 10 show cycle. Okay. This also isn't the only set of shows based on a comic strip. Uh, We're going to be doing at least two more very soon. Is there a Garfield musical? No. Dear God, I hope not. No. No, there isn't. (laughs) I saw the panic flare in your eyes. (laughs) Which is funny, because we both like Garfield. Yeah, but I don't... I don't know how I'd feel about a musical of Garfield... So, so I guess spoilers for the future, for me at least, what are the other two comics? Annie. I did not know Annie was a comic. Yes, Annie was originally a comic. Like and like Little Orphan Annie? Yes. Did not know it was a comic. Yes, and that comic's first run ended really dark. Uh, so and we'll then, get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that when we do Annie. And then Little Abner is another one. Oh, I... I have heard that before, but I have no idea. I've no idea. What Did it you is. ever have a Sadie Hawkins dance at your school, where the I, girls get to ask the guys out? I never went to any school dances. But like, did you ever see it posted or anything? Possibly. Or have people be jerks about it and be like, "Oh, who are you asking out?" <laughs> Probably, but I, I, I blocked out a lot of okay. stuff. Okay, yeah, because that's. I unfortunately did not block that out. But that's where Sadie Hawkins' dance kind of is popular, is Little Abner, which is a comic that I still can't get into, and I've seen the show, and I saw the show live, and still couldn't get into it, but every so often I get one of the songs from it stuck in my head, and I just bang my head against a wall like, no, I've only seen this once, why? So, yeah. Oh, and there is another show that's based on a comic that we will eventually do. Spider-Man? Yes. <gasps> Yay. <laughs> that gasp. I, I choked on my excitement a little. <laughs> <coughs> we will do a special episode that will be a patron-only one, though, to cover Dog Meets God. Okay. Since it's unofficial. It's unofficial, and it's dark. Keep knocking it over my water. It is so dark. So the production we're going to be doing, we're going to be watching the... Uh, production put on by the Center Grove Performing Arts Center. Uh, It will be the revival version, and eventually I want to try to find a version that's closer to the original 1967 one, but the issue with that was a lot of the ones I was finding didn't have a six-person cast, and that's what I wanted you to be able to see. And they all talked like this, because it was old-timey times. (laughs) Actually, I did find the original... Uh, Hallmark Hall of Fame one, but it's VHS quality. 
which was not good and which does not translate well to 2019 no it does not so we're gonna go take a brief intermission and watch the show but in the meantime let's hear from our amazing sponsors Alright, Warren, it's time for the best part of every intermission. Getting snacks that we can't bring back into the theater? Even better. Now that the lights are back up, we can look into the playbill. Here are the people who donated $5 or more to make this show possible. And the prestigious spot of our very first Tone Deaf Patreon sponsor is Jasmine Wu. Thank you so much for your contribution to our show. We deeply appreciate it. Your contribution is what makes Tone Deaf possible. Thank you so much. And here's a message from one of our favorite podcasts called History on Blast. Hello, and welcome to History on Blast. I'm Hillary, and I'll be your host as we call out history. Every other week, we'll be putting a different person, place, time, or event on blast for the shit that they pulled. This ain't your grandpa's history podcast, so if this sounds like your cup of harbor tea, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast catcher. And now, the lights are going down and the music is starting back up, so let's hop into the second act of the show. So what'd you think of You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown? Um, I thought You're a Swell Fella, uh, Charlie, was was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, out of all the musicals we've watched, this was my least favorite. Yeah. And I don't think because it was Charlie Brown necessarily, because mm-hmm. there were parts that I thought was that I thought was entertaining. Yeah. Um, I think probably the lack of like an overall story mm-hmm. because to me the whole thing just kind of felt random and cobbled together yes which i'm you know, ju- by judging by your uh disposition that's kind of the idea yeah and it's fine i mean other people like it, it had some cute stuff mm-hmm. in it i i did nah, this nah. was kind of an experimental show this is, I mean, this was the wild and crazy 60s, so. And I'm sure that if I grew up reading the comic strip and I was like, oh, hey, I remember that from this comic. And mm-hmm. I remember that from this comic, like it would. And that's kind of what this show banks on more is familiarity with the comic. Out of the two Peanuts musicals, I like this one the least. The second one I like more. And it's similar in its no-plotness, but it's Snoopy-focused, and Snoopy was always my favorite, so that's probably why. And Peppermint Patty's in it, and I love Peppermint Patty. I do have to say, though, um, as a bit of word of wisdom to anybody listening, don't ever ask the universe how things could go wrong. Right. Don't ever start your day going... How could anything go wrong? Yeah. Do not ever do that. Right? Uh, I mean, it was funny because that when that started, um, I could just see the writing on the wall. He's like, oh, it's a beautiful day. Nothing could possibly go wrong on a day like this. Mm-hmm. I'm right. It was like, well, saw that coming, but that's yeah. to be expected. Um, why was the dog driving the bus? Because it's Snoopy. Snoopy breaks the fourth wall. Snoopy is a children's version of Deadpool. But with less cursing. But with less cursing. Or at least they put a, a word bubble up when he curses. Yeah. Because um, that part I was kind of like... So Snoopy has a lot of jobs in Peanuts because he has driven the bus on occasion. Uh, he has been Peppermint Patty's skating coach. He's been an exercise instructor. He's been... <laughs> 
just all sorts of odd jobs because he's sort of the adult of the group. He Charlie, is the adult surrogate. Charlie Brown, he's he's Charlie Brown's pet, right? Yes. Or is he, okay. He is Charlie Brown's pet dog. Cause pet the way, Beagle. Pet Beagle. Because the way that um, the other kids were treating Snoopy is I wasn't sure if he actually was Charlie Brown's dog. He or is. Or if he was like this community dog. Well, in some neighborhoods, and it's sort of the dynamic of those kids, even though he's Charlie Brown's dog, all the other kids are kind of like, yeah, he's our dog, but not. Uh, if it's it's more common watching just Peanuts specials in general and reading the comics in general, they all kind of have ownership of Snoopy. There's a it's the second movie that was put out, the second full length Peanuts movie, Snoopy Come Home. And that's kind of where you get the feel of, oh, he belongs to all the kids. All the kids love Snoopy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a dog. I don't like yeah. peanuts, but I like Snoopy. Yeah. Um, why was there a whole song about how Charlie Brown could be king? So, the original song in the... So, the revival version, for those of you who have seen the older one but not the new one, or who have seen the revival only but not the old one... The first song is short. It just ends with the, uh, you could be king, Charlie Brown, you could be king, and then they stop, and Lucy says, if only you weren't so wishy-washy, and then the song ends. That's it. Like, it doesn't go into that little part where Snoopy's driving the bus or any of that. That doesn't answer my question. Why could Charlie Brown be king? Because it's a 60s concept album, and they're trying to... There were no kings in the United States in the 1960s. No, but United, like United States has never had a king. You you had things like Queen for a Day going on at that time, the fifties, and you had, I mean, kids have those sorts of aspirations sometimes. Yeah, like uh, Lucy with her, I want to be a queen, and yes, her which, little brother trying to tell her, no, you got to be born into that kind of thing. Which that one they've shortened it, and it makes me kind of sad because her full monologue after she realizes she can't be a queen, it's. Well, if I can't be queen, then I'll be rich. Then I'll be very, very rich. And then I'll kick out the old queen and become <laughs> run the queendom myself. And I'll be head queen. I did think it was... The, I did laugh at the uh, at Lucy laying on the piano. Like, mm-hmm. Hitting on uh, Linus. Schroeder. Schroeder. Sorry. Not Li- Linus. Linus is her brother. I apologize. Oh my gosh. I'm sure there's... We're some... not watching Bad Boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Edgar. Um... But yeah, I thought that was interesting. She kept mooning over, um, over Schroeder, Schroeder. And, uh, and she got piano blocked by him. Yes, and, and that's a running joke in the comic, is that Schroeder loves Beethoven and Lucy loves Schroeder. I also love Beethoven. So I was totally on board with uh, Beethoven Day. I would, yes. I would happily celebrate Beethoven Day. They can play Beethoven on the radio. I would, oh, I would yeah. be down with that. Uh, Snoopy needs to get neutered because he's a little aggressive, and I think a little, <laughs> a little snip snip would um, calm him down in his mouth tingling need to bite. Yeah, that's one thing that was always weird to me. So Snoopy's a beagle. Do you think of beagles when you think of bitey dogs? Because no, I don't. I think of eating dog turds and don't leave any amount of food around them. Yeah, you don't think of any of the stuff that Snoopy does ever as a beagle thing. But he's supposed to be a beagle. And he was based on Charles Schultz's pet dog, Spike, who did eat everything, but also was just like his beloved childhood dog, so... When you're a kid, you imagine all these different things for your dog. But, yeah, Snoopy has a weird fixation with biting things in the earlier stuff, and I'm not sure why. So would he just all of a sudden go feral and need to bite something? Like, was it almost, like, was was, there a trigger? No, he'd just sort of have these thoughts going, I want to bite something, but I can't do it because society frowns on it, so I'm just not going to bite, but I wish I could. Get a, he, get a bone or something. Like, he, chew yeah. on a stick. Um, dog. I mean, our, our, dog, our dog loves to chew on things, and that's why we get her chew toys. Yes. And so he... You have options, Snoopy. He did have... Like, he would have his jungle animal fantasies where he'd be... Because Snoopy was sort of... Um, they described him as Walter Mitty-esque, so he would have, like, 
oh, I'm the World War One flying ace, or I'm part of the foreign legion in the desert, or I'm a vulture hanging out, waiting for something to die, or I'm a leopard. He, he would have all these fantasies about what he was, um, because he's a dog that's waiting for someone to come home and play with him. <laughs> Let me, no, I don't know what that's like at all. Um, when, when will, when will Charlie Brown train Snoopy to maul Lucy? Because that's the only person who deserves to get bit. Uh, fair. I can't wait till we watch Dog Meets God now. I mean, seriously, if I got picked on by someone as much as Charlie Brown got picked on mm -hmm. by Lucy, I would train Snoopy to, like, chase her down and pee on her or something. Like, Yeah. I don't know. Lucy's mean. She is mean. I don't like her. Uh, and then I kept thinking with Linus, strangle her with your blanket. Strangle her with your blanket. Like, <laughs> You know, I will say, the song that Linus has, My Blanket and Me, is one of my least favorite songs in the whole show. So I, I didn't think that the initial song was bad, but it went way too long yes. with, like... The tap, like just the dance and number with the blank. I just, I yeah, it's a long I was song. Checked out a bit, and I I check out too. Usually when I'm even when I'm just listening to it, I sort of check out after the initial uh, part of the song. And Linus does dance with his blanket, but that just kind of takes forever. And it's one of the weakest songs in the show. Agreed. And it's one of those ones that I'm like, when you were doing edits you could have shortened the song or gotten rid of this song know what it reminded me of though mm -hmm. was uh steven and how much he loves his towel that he drags all around the house Ugh. except i don't think linus humps his blanket no Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, our cat Steven has a, a towel that he likes to drag around the house and it's also his girlfriend uh it's just so weird i you know you know, he could do worse things. He could do worse he things, could do but worse it's still things. horrible to run into that towel in the hallway. You just see that towel in the hallway and you're like, I know where you've been. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Linus the same way, even though he doesn't. No. And then, of course, I don't know why Charlie Brown has such a hard time flying a kite. I haven't flown a kite since I was a little, little kid, but I don't remember it being that difficult. I mean, is Charlie Brown just flying his kite on days where there's no wind is he he probably because usually his issue is that it gets eaten by a tree stay away from the friggin tree then yeah like, like go go somewhere else cb go somewhere else <laughs> oh i love that you call him cb you I, will love dog meets god I, I had to shorten it because i didn't <laughs> want to keep writing charlie brown so i just call him cb uh and then uh Charlie Brown, you're good at listing things you suck at, which Lucy, yeah, her her psychology stand. Like I thought the joke was funny, um, mm -hmm. just mostly her criticizing people and then being like, "Pay me to tell you how much you suck." Yes, she. That's also in the comics a lot as her psychi psychiatric help. Five cents. The doctor is in. But she's she's terrible, and I'm pretty sure her name is short for Lucifer. Probably. Um, because it kind of reminds me of Lucy, daughter of the devil. So, a fun thing with her. So, Lucy wasn't in the comics until the mid-50s. And when she was introduced, she was, like, maybe two. And she was kind of a loud mouth, but she wasn't mean at first. There was another character called Charlotte Braun, who was supposed to be the antithesis of Charlie Brown. Huh, no, Charlie Brown, Charlotte Brown. Nobody liked her. I like wonder why. Readers. If, if she's supposed to be Lucy. Well, readers hated her because she was like, you take Lucy and you ramp her up and make her way more annoying about her meanness. That was Charlotte Brown. Like, she yelled every single thing that she said. And a reader actually wrote into Charles Schultz saying that she hated her and wanted Charlotte Brown out of the comic. And so Charles Schultz wrote back this letter just kind of going, really, you sure? You wanted the death of a child on your hands? And then he had a drawing with Charlotte Braun with an axe on her head, 
like going through her head and then that was it she was out of the comic and lucy sort of took over that role but was picked more likable than charlotte braun picked up the mantle of queen butthead yes um uh in the show there'd be times you'd see like snoopy running in mm-hmm. the back or something like that i kept thinking that it was a naked person running on stage <laughs> uh because like when it's in the shadows the suit is similar in skin tone and at first i would just be like is that person naked and then i would see the ear oh okay no that's the snoopy character i'm just like oh my God. who is freeballing it on stage <laughs> And then we already covered this. I would totally celebrate Beethoven Day. Well, yeah. And, and let's make that a holiday. People, people listening, write to your uh, your congressman, write to your political uh, representatives and recommend Beethoven Day because this needs to happen. I want it. So, about Beethoven Day, that song is not in the original musical. In fact, Schroeder and Patty are kind of the ensemble characters and they don't really get their own songs. So... When Patty was removed, then it's like, okay, well, Sally can get her own song. But then it's like, well, we need to give Schroeder something. And the revival, I forgot to tell you who was in the cast. So B.D. Wong, do you remember him? No. Uh, Jurassic Park. Or Jurassic World. Oh, um, is he the scientist? Yes, okay. he's the scientist. Okay. He was Linus. Oh. Okay. And Schroeder was Wayne Brady. Really? Yes. So they wrote Beethoven Day, and Schroeder was Rick, was Wayne Brady. So you can imagine how good the original Beethoven Day is. Yeah, it was and probably really good. That was one of my favorite songs when I first heard the revival. That's funny because it's one of mine. So I yeah. can imagine that with Wayne Brady doing it, probably yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's Beethoven Day, and then. Uh, it just kind of... I know that you had said that they do a much longer monologue with yes. Snoopy being the flying ace yes. uh, fighting the Red Baron. And, and we it, actually watched it after we watched the show. Yeah. I was, I was so sad that they didn't keep the whole monologue in. But it was just funny in uh, the version we watched how all of a sudden it just took this hard turn. I hear machine gun fire and it's dark and these lights whirling around. I was like... Holy crap, are we jumping into like a post-apocalyptic future in Charlie Brown? Are we going to see zombies and robots running around wreaking havoc? But no, it's back in time to World War One well, with the flying ace battling yeah, the Red Baron. That is the second act opener, usually. Rabbits? Oh, the chasing rabbits. Chasing the... rabbits. Oh, that's right. They were doing their book report. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the book report was funny because mm-hmm. uh, I could see... I could see different aspects of my education yes. represented in each one of those kids because I remember being younger and being like one, two, three, like counting words, trying yes. to get what I needed. And then uh, later in life, being able to BS a book report really well mm-hmm. and just kind of like expand upon things and, and make it seem like I was deeper than I was in order to get uh, a, a good grade. And teachers, uh, teachers, yeah. I don't want to say they fell for it, but... Well, and so I, fun fact about Kay, I student taught for a little bit, and re-watching You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, and this is going to be the case with Snoopy the Musical, I just know it, I have received a paper or essay from each of those kids. <laughs> the one that is way longer than the required amount. Mm, the one that With is ex- words that shouldn't, that a kid that age shouldn't know, but I've talked to this kid and so I know that they know these words. And you get the ones that it's the exact number of words and you can tell that they added an extra one to try and fill yes, it in. Yes. The kid who waited till the last minute and then the kid who has a hyper fixation on one thing and completely goes off the subject. Like... I want to be a judge. <laughs> <laughs> and I have it in here. We'll talk about the book report, uh, Les Miserables book report, because it it had that vibe when Charlie Brown was singing about doing the book report. I was like, wow, I'm getting Les Miserables flashbacks with the uh, the blood of angry men yeah. song. Which this came long before that. So. Yeah, but it just made me laugh because I was like, mm-hmm. I got a little, little bit of deja vu and it was just funny to see those have that thought with this material right because it's you know very very polar opposite uh 
Lucy is well-versed in alternative facts, I noticed. Yes. When she was educating her little brother mm-hmm. on uh, how snow comes out of the ground and banging your head on a tree makes it grow more. Yes. Great food as I do. <laughs> uh, is that an original song in there, too, him singing about? Yes. How excited he is for supper? Yes. Um, now, the original supper time is shorter, and it's not a jazzy thing. It's just upbeat and really peppy and such. Really excited. Yeah, he's just, he's an excited beagle who's getting food and, oh my gosh, I'm getting food. Anybody who's ever known a beagle would absolutely agree. I've never, ever, ever, ever known dogs who get as excited for food as beagles do. Mm -hmm. So, absolutely. Um, I did skip over a line here because I did like Sally's philosophy song. Yes. That was probably one of my favorite songs in there. The version we watched, I thought the girl who played Sally did a great job. She was very high energy and just funny and fun. Yeah, Sally was perfect in this. She was a a tad annoying, Mm -hmm. but I feel like that is negligible because she is playing a little girl. Yes. And no offense to little girls, but children in general can be annoying. Yeah. And I felt like she had just the right amount of annoying. She captured Sally perfectly she, because she, that is Sally in the comics. Good. I did I did really think uh uh Lucy doing her survey was funny when Sally comes through and she mm-hmm. just basically gives every generic answer for mm-hmm. a survey. And what are you going to do about the dent in my bicycle? Yeah. Um also there was the baseball game that poor Charlie yeah. Brown. Uh yeah, I, I didn't write anything down about that because I was like, I already don't really care for baseball, and I don't like you're combining baseball and Charlie Brown, two things I'm mm-hmm. not super, super thrilled about. So, but yes, that did happen, and Charlie Brown screwed up the game because his luck is just that bad. Well, and Lucy screwed up the game too, but we don't ever blame her for anything. What'd she do? Well, she caught the ball and dropped it. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. She that was a the point they could have scored. Yeah. Um, and the pen pal does show up in Dog Meets God. Oh, yeah? Yes, and so, it's actually really good. I would assume the pen pal is just a reoccurring character throughout yes. the comics. Yes, Charlie Brown has this pen pal who he always writes to. You never see the pen pal in the comics, but he's always writing to his pen pal. Do we know where his pen pal lives? Nope. Okay. We have no idea. It's just this character that exists. Does, that... He, does he ever get letters from his pen pal? No. That's kind of sad. But, I mean, he never says he never gets letters, but you mm. never see him get letters from the pen pal. So, it could go either way. I'm just but. picturing this kid getting letter after letter from this person who has a terrible life, and he's just like... I cannot wait for you to see this show. Oh my Dog gosh. Meets God? Yes. Okay. Okay, so... My, keep that we, the, we have, well, maybe we have to do it sooner. Yeah, keep that in your brain. Um, and... <laughs> Also, we did watch a scene that they cut out from the version that we were watching, but I looked it up that was a Glee Club scene. So Schroeder is trying to rehearse a song that's Home on the Range, and poor, poor Schroeder. Well, it's just funny he's, how you can see he's he's taking it very seriously. This is art. We mm-hmm. need to be focused and committed to this wondrous thing we're creating, and then it's Home, home on the range. Give me my pencil. <laughs> no. So that's that's a scene that I like. That uh, It's in the animated, because there's an animated special, but the animated special is 30 minutes, so they cut out a lot of it, but they leave that song in, and it's really cute. But And then they close the show with uh, happiness. I don't know what else to call the song, but happiness is... That's what it's called, is happiness. And they're just singing about happiness is basically whatever makes you happy. Yes. Uh, Do you want to know what makes me happy? Hmm. Happiness for me is a a clown crying. That's happiness for me. That is happiness. Because I don't like clowns. I don't like clowns at all. So if I saw a clown crying, I couldn't help (laughs) but smile. I, I do like the song Happiness, and that was actually the first song that... No, it's the second song I heard of You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. The first one I heard was the Kite song uh, on this compilation, this Broadway Kids compilation that I talked about a little bit in the Les Mis episode. But they, when I first heard Happiness, I went, this is a really sweet song. 
And what it is, what the song Happiness is, is it's from a book called Happiness is a Warm Puppy. Yeah, it's a phrase that uh, was coined by, I want to say it was Charles Schultz's cousin Patty, who both Peppermint Patty and Patty are based on. And she had said happiness is a warm puppy, and he kind of went with that, and that's a comic. But then he expanded it into a book, and it's just this book of these are things that happiness is. Happiness is five different crayons. Happiness is two kinds of ice cream. Happiness is learning to whistle. You hear that latte? Happiness is a warm puppy. Happiness is a warm puppy. A warm puppy who maybe would get on the bed? Maybe? She's like, happiness for me is a cookie. Yes. And my squeak ball. Yes. And some cardboard. (laughs) And snow. And snow. She will be sad when summer hits. But snow will come back. Snow will come back. But yeah, so... This <laughs> so you're a good man, Charlie Brown and Snoopy. Both are going to have kind of a similar feel. Snoopy to me feels a little bit more organized, but you'll see when we get to it. Both kind of end on a softer song that's kind of meant to smooth over any edges that occurred in the show. Because happiness, especially this version of it, which I really liked. Um, as everyone's dispersing at the end of the song, Schroeder gives Lucy a kiss on her cheek. So that kind of smooths over that edge. And then when Lucy gives her, you're a good man, Charlie Brown line at the end. And Charlie Brown goes to shake her hand and she just hugs him. That's one of those like, okay, that smoothed over that edge. So this day ended well for them. She lost a couple bitch points with giving him a hug. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of. It's, when you look at it through the lens of a kid, then it's kind of a sweet thing, because it's, oh, this is more innocent. And really, this show is more innocent than other shows that we've covered, because most of the shows that we've covered have dealt with deeper themes. This show is more like, hey, this is lighthearted, and through the eyes of children. So it's, it's... A breather, because I felt really bad about Bat Boy. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Well, and the other option that I had had, I was like, I'm not going to do that to him this soon. Uh, and I feel, I feel bad because I know how much you like. I I like peanuts. peanuts, but so I liked it a lot more when I was a kid, because you do when you're a kid. As an adult, I kind of have gone to I'm not too cynical for peanuts but I kind of have trouble with some of it especially um the there are some themes and stuff that I kind of have trouble dealing with uh especially when people try to bring it up as a strong Christian uh story because even though I was raised Christian and I still somewhat see myself as that I don't like when people try to use a comic that's meant to I mean yes Charles Schultz was Christian he was very devout but I don't I didn't ever see judgment in the comic and I see some people try to use it for judgment on memes and stuff online Mm -hmm. and so I'm kind of like don't ruin something that's pure and childish and innocent. Like, there would be no judgment on people in that world other than the type that kids would normally have of... Yeah. From what I've... From what I do know of Peanuts, I never have gleaned anything negative, really. Yeah. my, my, My own disliking of Peanuts just had to deal with growing up with kids who would tease me about yeah certain things related to Charlie Brown yeah and so I kind of it just put a taint on it for me and I could never mm-hmm. enjoy it because of that yeah uh, so that's really it but when I did see peanut stuff I never saw anything because that was the thing is like I always kind of found it a little bit boring mm-hmm. um, just, and it is 
Yeah. It's, so it, it makes it's kind of giving me a little bit of the dog tilting his head when you say that people using it for a judgmental way. I'm kind of like, well, that seems like grasping at straws to try and yeah justify a certain viewpoint it's, using it's similar peanuts. to people doing the Calvin peeing on mm. stuff. When, or even there's that, and then there's the Calvin praying that I've seen, which a Stop doing that because Bill Watterson said do not use his characters for any sort of commercial stuff. I swear I get so mad when I see that because that's not what he wants. That's my Bill Watterson rant, but with... <laughs> Calvin Hobbes tangent. Yeah, with, with Peanuts, you know, I know that they, like, they do have their Christmas episode that does tell the story, the Bible story, but other than that, they really are just, these are kids. These are kids doing things that kids do. Don't look at it as anything else. Don't try to use it for anything else. Um, I mean, you know, Dog Meets God is, or, or yeah, Dog Meets God is obviously a not by Charles Schultz, not authorized by Charles Schultz. It is a parody, but is isn't that from what I understand? Isn't it the kids all grown up? Yes, more or less? it is high school. It is set in high school, so they're no longer kids in that sense. The innocence but, is gone. Yeah, and but when when you're looking at things like this, I it's <laughs> pardon. I lost something dear to me. Your innocence. <laughs> Okay, Greg, universe. Um, but the the innocence of this show still exists, and the innocence of Peanuts is what sometimes brings me back to it, but sometimes I have to sit there and go, but this comic, when it's not Snoopy-related, is kind of boring. Because <laughs> Snoopy is the one who goes on grand adventures in his yes, own head. Yes, because he's a dog who's home alone. He's got an imagination. Yes. Whereas the kids, I mean, don't get me wrong, though. Some of the comics can go into some deeper things. Like, there's actually a longer story in the comics where Charlie Brown's in the hospital for a while. No oh, snap. Yeah. There's one where Linus meets a little girl who has leukemia and deals with his friend having a serious disease. Uh, they do tackle some heavier subjects in the comic, but it's really rare because it's meant to be just a daily comic strip. Sunday oh, for Sunday. It? It was yes, daily? it was daily. So 1950 to 2000 every single day. Yikes. Yes. That's a lot of... That is a lot of material. A lot of material. Yep. Calvin and Hobbes was just weekly, right? It was daily. It was daily? Mm-hmm. Oh. It, it ran for 10 years. I'm definitely more of a Calvin and Hobbes fan. Oh, yeah. No, I Calvin and Hobbes is my first love. <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes and Farside. <laughs> oh, concurrently. Farside. Oh, Farside. But Peanuts is my <gasps> go back to childhood. No, there's not. I'm sorry. You saw, like, like my brain, is there, there... Okay, okay. So, so, theater people, theater people, listen to my voice. You need to go forward and make a Farside and Calvin and Hobbes theater thing, musical. That's what they're called. Make a musical. I will make say it. Calvin and Hobbes won't happen. Because of Bill Watterson? Because of Bill Watterson. It, it would be against oh, his wishes. Oh, Bill. But Farside, maybe. I don't know how. It would probably end up more like You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. But it would be. But it would be hilarious. Yeah. That would be funny. It would be a less innocent, you're a good man, Charlie oh, Brown. That would be so great. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. We're tangents. We're going on a tangent. But yeah, I... Thank, thank you for listening tangent. Yeah, podcast. thank you for listening to this tangent here, because I kind of got on a soapbox about Charlie Brown, because that was near and dear to my heart for a long time. And then the cynical side of high school and college occurred. Yeah. But every so often, it's kind of like my love for Steven Universe is because of that innocence that shows up. 
and why I like the towny episodes more because <laughs> I'm like, no, please let this child rest, please. <laughs> Yeah. Let him just have ice cream. So getting back to to so, you're a you're a good fella, CB. Um, I it's it's my least favorite one that we've listened yeah. to so far. I don't think it's terrible. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's terrible. I think people who liked Charlie Brown probably will like this. Yes, like quite a bit. But for me, it was. I don't know. Maybe I probably enjoyed about a third of it. And that's fair because there's a third of it that's really good. There's another third that's okay, and then there's my blanket in me where I'm like, would be okay without this song. (laughs) I just, I, that is the one that pretty much every listen through that I ever did when I was younger, I would skip that song. And I love Linus to death, but that song always bothered me. Because an adult pretending to be a child with a blanket fixation is just weird. (laughs) It is weird. (laughs) Like, that's another thing that the next one that we do that's Peanuts related, they don't do that, and that's another reason why I don't like You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, as much as Snoopy, but we needed to see this one first before we saw that one, because chronological and such. That's important. I I agree with your decision. Yeah. And plus, like, this one I kind of anticipated would be your least favorite so far, because we haven't done Little Abner yet. (laughs) So that'll be my my least favorite when that shows up. I will be so surprised if you like it. (laughs) Like, it's... We shall see. It's rough. Uh, Is it about dogs? No. You said rough. I... I realized that as soon as the words came out of my mouth that there was going to be a pun. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so that was You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. It's an okay show. It's not the best show. I mean, when I was a kid, yeah, I thought it was the best show. But it's not. It's Now that I'm an adult, I'm kind of like, other shows are better. This one's fun to go back to when... I'm having a day where I just need to turn off my brain for a little bit and not think. Relive a simpler time in your life. Relive a simpler time, which all of you could do. Um, This production was good. Uh, There's a reason that this show is done by high schools and stuff. It's easy to perform. Yeah, so so while I was kind of criticizing um, the show don't take that to mean that the people performing it did a poor job. They did a good job. Mm -hmm. It's just me personally and my tastes never was a huge Peanuts fan uh, and just didn't really care for a lot of the stuff in it. But the people Mm -hmm. performing it did a good job, so nothing against them. Yeah, and this is... Like, if, if this is your favorite show, that's awesome. Used to be my favorite show. Isn't anymore, but it used to be... Uh, and yeah, everyone's good to have their own opinion on things. Uh, there will be shows that we like that you will probably be like, really? 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 It'll be funny if we get comments and just more people are like, yeah, I also don't like this show yeah. very much. Then you're going to get the one person who's like, what's the deal, Warren? This is the greatest thing ever, and here's why. Or we'll have someone who gets really mad at me for my comments about Peanuts and <laughs> why I have my views on it now after I've grown up. Or people who say, no, Snoopy the Musical is worse than Charlie Brown. Hey, hey, I'll be the judge of that. When yes. You, when you listen to Snoopy. Yes. Because my word is law. And I do have a really good production of Snoopy. If it doesn't get taken off the internet by the time that we get to it, (laughs) I will cry. But I am excited for next week. (gasps) What's in store for us next week, Kay? Next week will have been our 10th episode. Yay! And every 10 episodes, it's Weber week. Webster! Weber. Webster. Oh, no. So... We're going to be doing Andrew Lloyd Webber's first published musical. It's going to be pretty fun because not only will you be getting a lesson in musical theater, you'll also be getting an impromptu vacation Bible school lesson. Two of my favorite things. Right? I'm stoked. We're going to do Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. 
Groovy. Yep. And I will try to keep it from being an actual vacation Bible school lesson, <laughs> even though I <laughs> still have the one for this Bible story. But we'll, we'll keep it musical related. I'm excited. Yay! Thank you so much for listening. We truly hope you enjoyed this. Please follow us on Twitter at Tone Deaf Musical and like, share, and subscribe. If you loved it, tell your friends and spread the word. If you want to go above and beyond, please donate to our Patreon, which is also Tone Deaf Musical. That's it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone, Tone Deaf. Deaf.